Hi everyone, I'm Caroline. This podcast is just me, an Irish girl, and her mates chatting the good, the bad, and the ugly. From county down to down under, I chat the highs, the lows, and the complete craziness of life as an expat in Sydney. Be prepared for the bumpy ride filled with lots of crack and hilarious stories along the way. I am delighted to have Gym Plus Coffee on board as our podcast sponsor. Gym Plus Coffee is Ireland's leading athleisure brand and community. They believe in socialising around exercise and have built a passionate global community who are committed to their make life richer philosophy. They believe in awesome things to do, an amazing crew to do things with and high quality gear to do things in. Their values and beliefs are everything I stand for and work towards building here in the County Down Under podcast, events and community here in Australia and internationally. As a podcast listener, you get an exclusive discount of 15% when you use the code County Down Under online at gympluscoffee.com.au if you're in Australia or if you're elsewhere in the world. Check out gympluscoffee.com to find your online store. Today on the podcast, I have been very lucky to have an amazing person join me today, Kira O'Malley. Kira was someone that I have heard a lot about and whose story resonates with me in so many ways because she also made the journey to travel overseas and to give life a go in Vancouver in Canada and Kira's story unfortunately had a tragic ending on her trip um, to Vancouver with her partner David, her childhood sweetheart. Kira's joined here with me today to tell me her story and how she has found life after David. Kira, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh Caroline, thanks a million for having me. It's a pleasure. Kira, your story is something that well, I've listened to many, many podcasts and I heard your story through The Good Glow and it was just something that I couldn't really let go of because it was two parts of a podcast. Um, I had to do that extra lap around Centennial Park in Sydney here um, to listen to that second part because I just couldn't really let go of that story or, you know, wait another day to hear that or another walk because... Um, in so many ways, you I just felt like I was listening to a friend. Um, your story just connected with me on so many levels with the whole idea of moving abroad, um, the fears of moving abroad, finding love and going through um, a very difficult, difficult time that no one would ever dream of going through and, you know, finding hope and light at the end of it. So Kira, I'm going to start by just giving a bit of an introduction about you and um, your amazing and beautiful partner, David, that you so luckily met when you were younger. Yeah, so um, I would have met David when we were 17 and we had been going out a few years and we'd gone through college and he was just such a special person and mad about the football 
I used to joke that uh, I was his second girlfriend after after the GA. Um, but yeah, we had uh, been living in Dublin and we we're both from Mayo. Um, and then we decided, we said, right, let's go to Canada. Um, but I, to be honest, I never thought I'd get David away from, from the football. I thought when he said, come on, let's go, I kind of thought, all right now, he's, he's pulling, pulling my arm here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we decided then to go to Canada. And I suppose, you know, I'm sure like yourself on that adventure of moving away. And obviously it was bit scary leaving Ireland and leaving your family and friends but also so exciting as well and sure David was just mad into adventure and he's a real adrenaline junkie he just mad for the crack and mad for doing everything and you know making the most of life which he most definitely did yeah completely and I you know I was listening to the episode of you and just thinking of that excitement of moving abroad and what that feels like. And, you know, knowing at least that you had David by your side to do that and even listening to how, you know, you really did everything together and this was the next stage and the next step. And and how did that feel when you stepped off that plane and you are now in Canada and you're no longer at home? You know, that fear and emotion we talk about a lot on the podcast of how it's the unknown and not knowing what you were getting yourself in for. Was it an exciting feeling or was it nerves or did you just feel reassured knowing that David was with you? I think we were just, so excited that when we landed there it was like oh god this is this is a pure adventure and we actually had gone to another place first in Canada so we were really like our plan was to take a few weeks and really experience Canada so it was like a pure holiday um so yeah it was just there was just pure excitement and we were going skiing for a week and sure David loved skiing and we were meeting up with um friends that we knew so we were just so excited I think it was when we landed in Vancouver and then you know when you're looking for houses and you know somewhere to stay like on a longer term basis then it kind of was like oh my god we're we're living here we're we're not on holidays you know like for the first while it feels like you're on holidays completely and it's it's when you start going into the nine to five working where all of a sudden it's not a holiday anymore and it can be quite a daunting experience and you did touch on that Kira, about you know trying to find friends as well and and I thought that was a, an amazing point that you made and I know that you have a book that we will talk about um but the overall experience of of moving abroad it can be quite daunting and especially when you have one another did you find that you relied on David so much you know that you were afraid to meet new people and you know you needed one another by each other's side you were nearly glad at the end of the workday to see one another because I felt like that at the beginning of my trip um to Australia I'd come out here with a partner and it was your only bit of family and the only bit of home that you knew so it was really that comfort blanket of knowing I'll be grand because he's with me did you ever feel like that or were you ready to go out and meet new people and start a new adventure yeah it was lovely and you know like it was it was probably the most time me and David had 
ever spent together in consistently in our whole relationship so it was so so lovely and as you said that support knowing they were there and they were your your comfort and you know you knew them but we were also so lucky in the sense that and I suppose this links in the community uh, sense we went to an event I think we were only in Vancouver two weeks we weren't there long and it was an Irish in Canada events. So it was all Irish people and it was organized by the Irish community in Vancouver. And oh my God, the friends we met there were the friends that held me together in my darkest moment. And it just like, we were so lucky in that sense that we did find our community quick enough, but only for that event. Do you know, that is Irish people, you know, who have moved and they know, I suppose, how difficult it can be, especially like I couldn't imagine how much harder it would have been not having David there. Um, so like that event really was just it was just so amazing. Um, and the empathy there from other people and other couples who had came and even, you know, information about, oh, well, we did this or we went here. It was just amazing, like, and, and like the, the community, and we met the most amazing people there. So, yeah, we were blessed in that sense. It has become a thing where you don't realize until you do move abroad just how much you rely on those people. And there really is a strong sense. I don't know what it is about the Irish, but there's something that we do very differently. And I can't seem to put my finger on it, but when you come across any Irish person, no matter where you are in the world, you just feel safe because they make you feel so at ease mm. and because they they know where you've come from and they know the journey and the fear that it takes to move abroad they they take you under their wing in some sort of a sense where you you feel all right again and just like you say with that whole they give you ideas and you know let you know about things that they've done and how to do this and do it differently and it's a real amazing trait that we have and something that makes me so proud to be Irish and um Mm-hmm. I just think we we are so, so lucky with the culture that we have. And even in Sydney here at the moment, you know, where we can't leave Australia without, um, you know, it's, it's a very difficult process without boring you. But many of us cannot leave without trying to file for an exemption. And it's usually under um, tragic circumstances that you can leave or you may, may not get back in and you have to um you know try and fight to get back in and you'd be leaving this amazing life behind so there's a lot of lost Irish people walking around a lot of expats walking around feeling lost and you know not knowing where home is and the community out here at the minute are really holding each other together and more than I'd ever seen before in my six years of being here um and I can just imagine with you know what we're going to talk about what you went through just how important that was for you oh yeah only for the community in Canada I just it's when I think back it still blows me away of how people came to our side who just you know as you said it's hard to put your finger on it but it's like it's in our DNA or something it's like we have to do something and the community just comes out all in force so it's so amazing you know the support that you have out there now and that you have each other and I know it's not the same as your family or whatever but there is that community there completely so Kira, with your um trip to Vancouver um you and David had set off and 
you were only there a few months. How old were you at the time that you and David moved over and how long were you together at this stage? Um, how long? <laughs> Isn't that so funny now? I'm like, sometimes I'm like, how old am I now? At the time I was uh, 20, uh, 27. I had just turned 27 on the day of David's accident. That's right. Um, and myself and David had been going out um, nine years. Yeah. So that was that was your person. And I, I know that you said that yeah. in the, the podcast, like that's a very long time to be with someone. And um, what we're going to talk about now is the difficult part where you'd only really just begun your journey and I loved what you discussed where you said you know that David was a real get up and go person and he seized each day and each weekend that you had in Canada you you crammed a lot in in your time there oh yeah we'd off like when you think back we'd so much crack like and we really did like and it was like and to this day, looking back, I just think he his soul knew on a deeper level. Because I remember one morning lying in bed and we'd been we'd been out the night before and we planned activities for the weekend. He's like, come on, it's time to get up and go. I was like, oh, can I have another half an hour or whatever? And he was like, come on, we're going. But like we did so and we seen so much, even other parts of Canada, do you know, and there was no. There was no messing around. We'd off the crack and, you know, football and everything. But we also had just the most amazing experiences. And I suppose David's ethos of life was, you know, live live each moment now like you can and experience what you can. And like looking back, you know, he, he was dead right because he really did, you know, and I'm so blessed that, you know, I got to experience that with him. Do you know, and I've so many memories now that I just treasure and pictures and I'm just like, oh, my God, you know, we we did everything up till the last moment and took in all the joy that life had to offer, do you know. Completely. And David was mad for the GAA and you were very thankful that he found a team out in Vancouver to join. And it's funny, you know, with the the GAA, it really does hold people together. And it's almost that reassurance when you do move abroad, that's, you know, you can, you can go to the GAA and, and find your people and it feels like home. It's that little bit of home that you can get anywhere in the world. And the GAA in, in Sydney, especially the New South Wales GAA is a massive part of the community out here. And, really binds the community together. So I'm sure he was delighted when the opportunity came to join the football. Oh my God, he was over the moon. And I suppose he got to see a different side of it as well because it was so different to playing football in Ireland. So it was just amazing. And he was in his element and just meeting new people. And he he even got me to join and play football which was at the time a bit of a running joke because I was just yeah I wouldn't be the most sporty type but like I loved it and the same as David we were actually playing for different teams there was two teams in Vancouver so he played for one and I played for the other so there was like a little bit of rivalry as well and sure a bit of banter and yeah it was you know but he loved it and he, he was in his element and as you said like 
the connections made within, you know, and even what I used to think was so lovely that there was two GA teams in Vancouver and there was so much love between the two of them, even though there was so much rivalry, there was such a community within, there was a bigger community within the the little, the smaller communities, if that makes sense. Yeah. And everyone pulls together and supports each other. So the weekend that everything unfolded was actually your birthday weekend and David was heading off with the GAA team for um, the weekend and it was your birthday on the Friday. So can you talk me through, Kira, what unfolded in those final hours that you had with David and your birthday? Yeah, so the night before uh, David was going to the tournament, we we I met him after work and we just had a lovely evening around Vancouver and the sun was shining and we went for food and ice cream and we were just pottering around. And then the next morning, then he went to headed off uh, to the tournament and I headed off to war at work and we said goodbye. And I suppose none the wiser, you know, that anything anything was ever going to happen, you know, under the illusion that David would be back after the weekend. Um, and that Friday was my birthday and I got up and I went to work like I normally did. Um, and I suppose I was excited because it was um, it was my birthday and I planned I was going to the barbecue we were having a barbecue on the beach with some of the girls that I had met over there. And actually, I suppose, as you said earlier, like I remember like weeks before David telling me it's going to the tournament. And I remember being like, oh, my God, what if I've no friends or what if I've no one to, you know, what if no one wants to spend time with me on my birthday or whatever? You know, that kind of comes with being away. And then, sure, it was, you know, it was amazing. We'd we'd a plan to go to the beach and then I was at work and I had a lovely day and I was really settling into my job it was one of them weeks where I was like yeah I felt really settled and I felt like yeah I know what I'm doing here do you know because it takes you a while and I was in a completely different role um and then yeah I came home from work and I was on the bus and I mean I was just happy out, smiling away. And I had actually tried to ring David a few times and he hadn't answered. And I didn't pass any heed because I thought, you know what, he's probably like he's in a, his phone might be dead or whatever. I just kind of assumed he'll ring me back. And I was still happy out. And my biggest concern was like, what will I get now? What food will I get? Or what, you know, what will I bring? Like, what do I need in the shop? And it was so hot as well. I said, God, like, will my makeup stay on my face at all? You know, like, you know, they were my, they were my big concerns. Um, And I tried them again and he didn't answer, but it took me so long. I think I was in such, you know, when you're just really feeling so excited and you're just in this bubble of joy, um, that I kind of didn't pass heat that he wasn't answering the phone and then uh, I got home to the apartment and I was getting ready and then my friends rang me and they actually said we're coming they had rang me and said we're coming we're on our way and even that was strange because they're always late 
and they were all coming together and they're like, Kira, we're on our way. And I remember being like, oh, why are they early? But I still was dancing around the apartment, you know, as you're getting ready. And then they landed in the apartment and still, I'd say if I actually looked at their faces, I probably would have copped looking back that something was wrong. But I was still just so excited. I was like, oh my God, you're early. Like, this is amazing. And yeah, then they asked me, I think they asked me to sit, they said, they asked me to sit down on the couch and I sat down and I, honest to God, I thought, oh my God, they're giving me my birthday present. That's, that will show you where I was at. And then they said, David, David, and the penny dropped. Then I was like, oh my God. And then everything came into my head. I was like, oh my God, I couldn't get hold of him. I haven't heard from him in ages. And the words I was, they were, they were speaking, but the only words I was hearing was David accident lake. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, and I remember going into the toilet and just closing the door and sitting on the toilet seat in my brain. I was like, no, no way, this is not happening. I was like, no, it's fine, David. And I suppose... I think I've always been an optimistic person. Um, and I was like, no, David is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is not happening. So I went out then and I asked for some more information. And um, it, it, it just kind of got worse. And I, they said David had been in an accident. He had been with the lads having the crack and he had jumped off. Um, a bridge they were kind of all jumping in and that's what David the week before that's what we were doing in Vancouver so that was normal to date for David you know um, he loved the thrill of it um, but that David had jumped in and he hadn't resurfaced and the word resurfaced just oh it I just at the time I remember being like oh my God, he, he hasn't came up. But still in my head, I was like, no, this is fine. This is fine. So I rang one of the fellas who were with David and he was like, we're here, we're searching. And he he told me again what had happened. And I was like, okay, still, no, this is fine. This is fine. And I suppose from there, then my, oh, I, I experienced emotions. I never, ever thought my body, even you, but I was still in my head. I was like, no, David, sure. Me and David, we're a team. He's my person. We've, we've plans. We've, we're, we're moving. We're onto the next stage of our life. Um, but then the decision, I suppose I had to make a decision of getting to the lake to be there. Um, and I suppose David's parents, I was like, oh my God, my heart was like, I have to tell them. Um, and then and at the same time, thank God, oh my God, I was with um, the most amazing friends I had met, who I had actually met at that Irish um, event that weekend. And they were just so good, like, and they were completely heartbroken as well and completely shocked, like, but yet they were so strong and they were like, Kira, we'll get you there. We will, we will, you know, they would have done anything and like, you know, none of my family were near me or whatever, but I just felt like they were my fam family, you know. And I made a few phone calls then, and with every phone call, my heart kind of broke a little more because 
I kept getting the same information and all I wanted was for someone to say, no, um, David's okay. There's a misunderstanding. This has been wrong. But like I had never experienced, my body just went into, I was feeling things I had never, ever felt before. And I knew instantly I was like, I have to get to the lake. I was like, I have to get there. Um, and I'm so lucky. And, you know, we spoke about the amazing connections I made there and friendships and they just, they just took me and held me and were like, whatever you need, you know, we'll do it. Um, and they, a plan was made that they would drive me up to the lake um, where David's accident had occurred, which was, I think it was about over nearly a five hour drive from Vancouver. Um, and I think How then- that feel, Kira, um, that journey for you, obviously you're living abroad, you're away yeah. from your family. Um, at this stage, it was the middle of the night and you had to make those difficult phone calls home and yeah, then yeah. that journey. How, how, how was that? And, and what do you even really remember it? Did it go very fast or did it feel like it was dragging on and there was your phone going off constantly? And how did you cope in that long journey ahead of you? Yeah. Do you know what? Thinking back now, I feel like I remember all of it. It was so long. Yeah, it kind of felt short. It was just, it was just, I suppose in my head, I was trying to prepare myself for what I was going to meet when I did get to the lake. And in my head, it was like, no, David's there. I get there. This is all sorted out. Um, but I had my phone, people were texting me saying, geez, we're so sorry. And every message I got, my heart just was like, stop. I just wanted people to stop texting me because I still was like, this is not real. And then I had a phone call with David's parents and that absolutely just broke my heart. And I think that's when I was like, oh my God, this is, this is getting real. And all I wanted was for someone to just say no this this isn't you know like I packed my bag and when I left the apartment I think I brought one chain because my mind was not I was not letting myself even think that oh my god I'm going to be here a while or you know this is going to be awful I was just so disillusioned and I I was I, I couldn't focus on how bad it was my parents had gone in and told them the news um, and oh my god they were the other side of the world and they were just heartbroken and, and they were looking for some kind of reassurance from me that this wasn't real and, and I couldn't give that to them and oh my god it was just awful but I think getting to the road approach in the lake really really was when I suppose reality did sink in.